Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah, who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Uh, Mike Washington was supposed to be here. I guess maybe he's on assignment. We'll see what we can find out. Hope all is well. With that being said, we have none other than Charles Bishop in the building. We're certainly going to get you your information that you need in terms of the inside the HBCU episode 473. Welcome to episode 473 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBC sports. For institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs in the business of HBC sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live. The Case Waste 1230 AM Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, Charles, how are you doing today? Oh, we're doing. We're trying to make it. We're trying to fight this little cold off here as we come back from the Celebration Bowl and get some uh, final Christmas shopping done. We're doing well, Doc. Good stuff. Good stuff. I understand you fighting that little bug, man. You hang in there. I know how I can get. I know how I can get. With that being said, let's get into some HBCU news. I know as we've kind of closed things out from a football perspective, and we'll look at doing some things from a marching sport as well. It means we can turn the page to a little bit of basketball, maybe. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Right. Yeah. yeah. No what do you got for us on the basketball side? Let's take a look at the Chris Paul HBCU basketball challenge as Jackson State. They went unbeaten. In the Chris Paul HBCU Challenge, Jackson State men's soup team, they beat North Carolina A&T 68-60 to win the Chris Paul HBCU 
Challenge, presented by the AEA Foundation. Jordan O'Neill, he had 24 points, seven rebounds. He led the Tigers of four and seven for a second night with three players scoring in double figures. That included Colton Young with 12 points. Ken Evans, he chipped in 10 points with two steals. Zeke Cook, he was huge on the boards with Jackson State, 13 of them as Jackson State out-rebounded the Aggies 40-33 to in the game on Sunday. He also grabbed – the Tigers also grabbed 19 offensive rebounds and scored 13 second-chance points. They forced 16 turnovers by the Aggies, and Jackson State turned those takeaways into 15 points on the offensive end of the floor. So, <coughs> kudos to Jackson State in terms of what they were able to get done uh, at the Chris Paul Challenge. Man, they get two big-time victories. Uh, one against a uh, Howard team that many people thought were really good and would be in the MIAC race with all that said, but they had came in and playing some good basketball. And then they get one over a and old rival there. Uh, so um, in terms of any time you beat up on the Aggies, I imagine Jackson State folks are excited about that. Uh, but uh, good basketball and, and got it done. With that being said, Texas Southern slips by Howard in a tight Chris Paul HBCU challenge, which was a fascinating game. The Tigers, Texas Southern, used a second-half comeback in which they shot uh, a scorching 60% from the field to edge the Bison of Howard, 79-78, in the Boost Mobile HBCU challenge finale in Las Vegas on the second day. That's after Texas Southern had dropped the first game, so they found a way to fight back. But they got down 20 points. Uh, in this matchup, 39 to 19 on the back end of a pair of Jelani Williams free throws. And, and again, a 41-21 on as Williams short jumper with 158 left in the half. So it was wild when you talk about it. The Texas Southern closed uh, on a nice run uh, in the half on the 9-0 run to be specifically aided by three Howard turnovers in their last three possessions, cutting the lead to 41-30. And he was like, all right, maybe they got a shot. Well, Texas Southern continued to whittle down the lead, narrowing the deficit of the first half since the first half of the opening session with half uh, on P.J. Henry's jumper to close the gap to 41-32. Uh, Kobe's Granger hit a three-pointer even the game, contest of 45 with 16-32 left in the contest. The Tigers took their first lead of the evening, 47-45 on a layup from Jonathan Cease at the 14-39 mark, and it was on because it was a contest after that. Howard tied the game at 50 on a three by Hayes, and then reclaimed the lead on a three-point uh, by Osei. Uh, Texas Southern jumped back in front, 61-60, on a Henry jumper. Howard then squared off on the contest at 61 on another shot. Uh, shot. This one was a free throw with 6.25 left in the game. Texas Southern responded and went over 10-0 run. I thought it was over. Taking a 71-61 lead with 3.35 remaining in the con- contest. But then Howard found a way and fought back. Uh, got it, the lead to 79-78, which knocks down a three with 14 seconds left. And you're like, oh, my goodness, this is a ball game. Bison forced a jump ball turnover on the inbound play. And you was like, ooh-wee. Four seconds mm. left, it was getting good. Uh, Don Campbell's shot attempt was uh, short as it was pretty much blocked, pretty much on a layup attempt at the board. P.J. Henry led Texas Southern with 26 points on 10 of 18 shooting from the floor, adding seven assists and six rebounds with no turnovers. Jonathan Cease was the only other Tiger in double figures, adding 18 points and four big-time rebounds in that contest. Don Campbell added 13 
Hosea 11, and Isaiah chipped in 10 points for the Bison. Interesting game there. Tigers go one and one in the challenge with that victory, which is a big one. Uh, as Howard goes 0 and 2, and T <clears throat> went one and one in the contest. Fascinating uh, when that went down. As we get on to the other side, I want to talk a little bit more. I'm going to give you a breakdown of MEAC versus SWAT games. You know, we do that obviously with the MEAC SWAT challenge. Oftentimes we look at it as regular season football games, and then we'll really get all excited with the cricket celebration bowl for football that essentially determines the HBC national champion by now, unless you're on the rock, you know, that was won by Florida and then rattlers over the Howard Bison swag over the me act. But I want to break down a little bit and get you some of this basketball thought. And I also got bonus information for you. I'm looking at all HBC division one matchups. So we'll have a breakdown to give you a little bit about what that looks like. But with that, I'm going to go back to you and get some more, HBCU news, uh, and then we can get into some real discussion to really break that down and talk and get some. No talk. doubt. So I got one one piece of news here, and and Roy, let's pull that graphic up real quick. I wanted to make sure uh, we got this uh, piece of HBC news in. Want to say congratulations to Dr. Kenyatta Cavill in terms of being named by HBCU light on HBCU <laughs> media lifetime achievement or honoree. Uh, wow. Want to say uh, appreciate everything that you've done in terms of of what you do in this space for HBCU sports. So uh, we definitely wanted to give you your flowers while we're in the midst of, uh, of doing the show. So very appreciative uh, uh, for everything that you bring to this show and bring to this HBCU diaspora, as you call it. Man, uh, good one, y'all. I, <laughs> I, I usually you know, know all what's going on. I said, he's like, you want to do this? And the picture came up and everything. I was like, Talking to Roy, they set it up real nice. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, the guys got it done, man. That that was uh that was nice. I appreciate that. Appreciate it. For sure, for sure. What else you got going on? Yeah, let's take a look, man. All-star HBC Legacy Bowl head coaches announced the Black College Football Hall of Fame. They announced the head coaches for the 2024 All-State HBC Legacy Bowl. Uh from the CIAA, the SWAC, and the MIAC and SIAC will be represented by their championship coaching staff. Uh, players from the CIAA and the MIAC will make up Team Gaither, and the team is named after legendary Florida A&M football coach Jake Gaither. The head coaches are Larry Scott, representing Howard University, and Alvin Parker, representing Virginia Union University. Players from the SIAC and the SWAT will make up Team Robinson. The team is named after legendary Grandma State football coach Eddie Robinson, and those head coaches are Tennis Berry representing Benedict College, now South Carolina State University, and Willie Simmons from Florida A&M University. This is a statement. Each of these coaches embody the winning and competitive spirit of the All-State HBC Legacy Bowl. We are proud to have these great men who are exemplified the spirit, leadership, and tradition of HBCU football, and that comes from none other than NFL quarterback legend and Black College Football Hall of Famer, co-founder James Shaq Harris. Man, good stuff, good stuff. When you talk about the legacy, how things are moving and moving forward, let's get in some of this Gallup receives ECAC recognition uh, from the MediacSports.com, Eastern College Athletic Conference, ECAC, uncovered its 2023 Division I FCS All-ECAC team and major awards were Howard University senior defensive back Kenneth Gallup Jr., Portsmouth, Virginia. Some people believe he has a shot at the NFL, earned a spot mm. for the second consecutive year, 
The announcement came Monday morning. Gallup Miak, Defensive Player of the Year, made the all-ECAC defensive team. After a stellar senior season throughout the week, Gallup has received several awards, including All-American honors from Boxer Row, FCS Football Central, Phil Steele. Recently, he won the 2023 Aeneas Williams Award, given to the top defensive back in HBC Division I college football based on performances on the field, athletic ability, and character. In the regular season, the Buck Buchanan Award finalists produced 65 total tackles, 42 solos, as you know, Charles, with six tackles for a loss, three interceptions, two forced fumbles, and two quarterback tight hurries. In the homecoming victory of Norfolk State, Gallup recorded a season high, 11 total tackles, and the game clinching interception for his efforts. He was named FCS National Player of the Week. Charles, I know going into that matchup against FAMU, you talked about Gallup being one of the players to watch, Kenny Gallup. What was your assessment in terms of how he matched up in that contest? You know, I, I really would. I, I need to go back and kind of take a look at uh, uh, what he was able to do individually uh, against a couple of matchups. I know uh, uh, toward the latter part of the game, you know, FAMU was able to uh, get Kevin Dean out there on the boundary, uh, and it looked like there was a couple of uh, defensive breakdowns. But from what I saw from Gallup uh, uh, in the early part of that game, he was doing a tremendous job uh, in terms of what they was able to do. They weren't – they were taking away uh, everything outside of the hash uh, that I thought FAMU wanted to do, but they were able to uh, kind of gash them uh, up the middle with the big tight end and things of that nature. So I thought Gallup did a great job in the game. Yeah, I like the knowledge you did there in terms of seeing what he went into it uh, with that match up there. Uh, any other HBCU news you want to get in before we take our first break? No doubt. Let's talk about the ESPN Band of the Year. Uh, this is uh, pushing money over exposure from HBCUs, and this is from HBCUGameDay.com, uh, where they talked to John Grant, the executive director of the Celebration Bowl, as well as the Mi Challenge, came to the HBCU Game Day Studios, and he talked about the event with Tyler Carr and Steve Gaker, uh, and he said the purpose of the event was to create something that showcased HBCU bands and compensated them properly. So this is a quote from John Grant, changing the mindset was great, but putting economics behind it at the end of the day is going to come down to you don't pay a bill signed with exposure, and if you can get both, we can help facilitate both, then we're getting the best of both worlds, and that is what this event is about. So, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Sonia Stamps, who's also on Black College Sports Network, we had a, a podcast last night where we were talking to a couple of uh, bandsmen about the ESPN Band of the Year, and that'll be coming out uh, this upcoming Friday, where we talked a little bit about uh, what they saw in regards to the Band of the Year competition. But uh, enjoyed it. They're going to make some tweaks to it, and uh, it's only going to get bigger and better from here. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. You know, we talked about we're going to get into a little basketball, but before you know it, uh, baseball is going to find a way to sneak in there. You're always talking about the baseball classics. You got some big ones, so MLB baseball classic. Yeah, the Astros with the Cactus Jack putting it out there. But talking about baseball honors, I want to give a shout out to the legendary Marty Miller, former athletic director, baseball coach. He is getting inducted to the College Baseball Hall of Fame. Legendary Norfolk State figure Marty Miller will receive his. 11 Hall of Fame induction in February, and this one just might be the most special one yet. Miller will be one of 12 inductees in the 2023 College Baseball Hall of Fame class. The College Foundation announced on Thursday morning the class is 
comprised of players, coaches, umpires, administrators, and all who have contributed to college baseball history at the NCAA, NEIA, and NJCAA levels. Ballot eligible coaches must be retired for two years and or be active in no less than 75 years of age. Quote, each year when the College Baseball Hall of Fame inductee are announced, it creates a tremendous level of pride and appreciation for those that have given so much to the college game. And Craig Ramsey, chair of the College Baseball Foundation Board of Directors, quote, inducting the newest Hall of Fame members and celebrating top performers from the past year will officially close out the achievements of the 2023 season. Then we'll eagerly turn the page to start of the 2024 college baseball season the very next day. Remember last year, Charles, I got to take Deuce uh, to Nebraska, the College Hall of Fame boy. That was a heck of a trip. Great time. He enjoyed it. And then on the way back, we went into Kansas City to see That's the Negro Hall of Fame. So yeah. fascinating when you talk about this. People, people don't realize the love that we personally have for baseball. It's kind of one of those secret uh, love affairs we have. Uh, just because everybody doesn't follow his course. But last year, you got a chance to be on the sideline for the Swag Baseball game. Uh, obviously, that's big time. So I wanted to make sure we show some love to Miller, who spent 32 years as the head coach of Norfolk State's baseball program, amassing 718 wins. He was 718-543 and three ties overall record to become the winningest coach in the CIAA history. He won 15 CIAA Coaches of the Year awards and led the Spartans to 17 conference titles, including a stretch of eight consecutive championships. Boy, oh boy, you talking about being nice in award. Well, we're talking about awards. Let me get this final one before we do take this first break. Ben L. Cavill, Big Ben HBCU Football Award, the Big Ben Senior Big Ben Award, announced in 2015 by 3C Communications of TAG Agency, recognizes a football player attending a historically black college and university, HBCU, the honorees must either play for an HBCU program in the state of Texas or have been born or played high school football in the state of Texas and continued their career playing for one of the notable HBCU programs. The honorees must also exhibit the enduring characteristics to define Ben L. Cavalcini, determination, diligence, integrity, performance, familial, teamwork, fraternal, and community engagement to persist and excel at a time that was difficult and often unjust for African-Americans was tremendous. But to actually first at the beginning of the sporting HBC dash and create an HBC cultural identity that begins the inculcation of the community-based tradition of intercollegiate athletics at HBCUs we enjoy today is historic. Now more than ever, it is more important to recognize the rich legacy of an era that including the presence of legendary coaches, outstanding student athletes and hold a unique connection to the African-American cultural heritage. And as so much, we embrace the community-based cultural identity of empowerment, racial pride, cultural expression, Black masculinity, social engagement, and economic development. So I'm excited as we prepare. We will announce in uh, the next month. So I just wanted to tease it out there and get people ready for the Van L. Cavill Senior HBC Football Award. Uh, as you know, Shador Sanders uh, was the first person to win it back-to-back -back years, consecutive years, as he won it last year and going back the year before that in 2021 as well. Well, he's no longer at HBCU, so we do know he can't win it three times in a row, uh, as he was well on his way if he stayed at Jackson, I might add. I'm not sure if he would have been able to do four. Uh, but with that being said, we will have a new winner. Mm. We'll see who it is. We'll get you those finalists. 
and we'll move on for that. With that being said, let's take our first break and come back on the other side. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell leadership principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. 
HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. So Mike, I mean Charles, as we got into it, I wanted to get in a little bit about um, these poll rankings. Uh, if you would, we're going to take a deeper dive on the men's side because they had more games. We will give you an update in terms of the women. So if we can bring up that slide that has the breakdown between uh, men's and women's, and I'll start it out like this. Uh, the MEAC had five wins overall, four losses against HBCU. Uh, and so you see they played a total of nine games. They had five wins that are shown there. And of those five wins, two of them were against the SWAC. Mm. Now, on the other side, when you look at the SWAC, the SWAC went six and three. So both of them had nine games uh, outside uh, competition against HBCU overall. The SWAC went six and three, which may surprise some people in terms of what that looks like. Uh, and three and two versus the MIAC. So they did have a winning record of MIAC. This final weekend, if you would, with the Chris Paul was fascinating. Now, I know a lot of folks were thinking about the legacy, the QQQ legacy classic that uh, Charles and Michael are trying to find a way if we're going to make that trip. We're looking at it. plausible to see what's all the action. You know, we like to sh- uh, do what Texas people do, show up in your state with the license plate, even though we are traveling by, via air. We do it a little different, but, you know, we put the plate in the license in the uh suitcase if you would <laughs> so we travel with <laughs> but with that being said i thought it was just fascinating to get into that um Shivery's not dead so let me give you an update uh we just had the final matchup with the women which i had bethune cooking against a and t uh a and t got it done so women meat went one and one versus hbcu division one competition oh and one against the swack which means obviously the SWAC went one and oh against the MEAC, and they also went one and one against HBCU Division One Independent. 
But again, to give you a little more detail in terms of what that looks like, when you talk about um, the MEAC, they were five and nine overall, 55%. Um, obviously, the SWAC was 66, of, you know, 55, 56%. The SWAC was 67 against that. But it's fascinating. So I just wanted to kind of get your dialogue and your thoughts in terms of the SWAC, because I'm not sure many people. When they think about it, they tend to think about MEAC as a basketball conference, certainly not the SWAC, right? Uh, but absolutely. Case, we had five games, and that's a decent sample size in terms of the conference. And kind of what we asked for, this MEAC-SWAC basketball challenge, we'd like it to be probably a little more official because these games uh, were played, most of them were played on neutral sites, mm -hmm. uh, just so you know, because some of them were tournaments. You did have a couple of home games. You went Tennessee going to Alabama a &M. Yeah, Bethune-Cookman going to South Carolina State. You had North Carolina Central going to a and um, And in those cases, uh, all the SWAT schools in those two cases won. And in the MEAC school with North Carolina Central over a and won in terms of that matchup. So that was fascinating just to give you a particular some of those matchups and what they look like. Uh, you had Alabama State defeating Al uh, North Carolina a and uh, Obviously, we just talked about the Chris Paul. Let's reiterate that. You had Jackson State getting two wins, one against the MEAC and one against the Independent uh, in, that, in that matchup, one obviously against Howard, the other against North Carolina a and Texas Southern went one and one. They had a loss uh, to Howard, I mean to a and excuse me, but a win over Howard. I give you all this data, all this nice information, basketball, uh, what that looks like. What are your thoughts in terms of particularly on the men's side, as I said, on the women's side, not a lot of data, uh, just two matchups, essentially, only one matchup, MEAC SWAC. So, obviously, hopefully those commissioners out there considering that, uh, seeing what this looks like. But I think this is another way to drive some interest. I mean, yeah. you have the Kentucky-Louisville game going on. You have these big challenges, Jumpman Jordan Brands. You have Phil Knight matchups. And, obviously, you might not be able to get that kind of detail. But I'm sure there's some intrigue. Uh, beyond what we see with Chris Paul, uh, to figure out some folks that would like to see some HBCU matchups, the MEAC versus the SWAC, and if not, maybe open it up, even if it is. Um, now, I've talked to a little bit, a couple of athletic directors. Uh, shout out to Alabama State's uh, ADVP of athletics down there, Doc Cable. Seems like he has some interest, so I'm going to follow up with him and see if we can do some stuff, particularly independently, maybe. Mm -hmm. But it would be nice between the SWAC commission and the MEAC commission to get some done. You see this more on the Division II side, uh, between the CIAA SIC. You see yeah. particular matchups. You know, on-campus matchups are really nice. Uh, you see it in Atlanta. You see it in Charlotte. Uh, you see some crossover here and there. But beyond that, uh, if you would, Charles, what are your thoughts, particularly first on the data, SWAC over the MEAC, and overall HBC records? I, I, it's a little bit surprising. I mean, because I think you touched on it. Uh, normally, when you think of basketball, you immediately gravitate to the to, to the MEAC or to the East Coast teams in terms of playing a better brand of basketball. So to see uh, the SWAC, especially uh, going back to the Chris Paul Classic, Jackson State get uh, two quality wins against a Howard team uh, that was in the NCAA tournament last year. And a North Carolina a t team, team that has uh, normally had a great success, or whether you're talking, especially when they were in the in the MEAC. Uh, but for Jackson State to go against uh, both of those 
you know, brand name entities and get victories. That that, that jumped out for me. Uh, uh, that, that and you and I, you know, I, I enjoy seeing these types of matchups. I think there is, you know, a a, a, a palpable taste uh, watering in, in HBCU fans' mouths for some of these matchups where you get to see. Uh, swag teams take on teams in the in the MEAC or 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 of that uh, stature. So I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, the, the Chris Paul Classic was uh, one example of it, where I really enjoyed watching that basketball being played and watching Texas Southern going against A and T there. Uh, but uh, just very interesting to see the styles and in, in terms of uh, what they were going against uh, in both of those matchups. Yeah, Delaware State over Grambling to kind of open things up. That was in Atlanta. Um, but as you said, a lot of these games would be fascinating. Imagine your interest, Charles, if you could see these uh, on the broadcast television, streaming yeah, or not. Exactly. Not many of these games are stream. You know, I follow this and get into it to kind of push the narrative in a lot of ways. And I do it from GameCast because you watch the games. You might get two or three of them. You know, I saw a Delaware State uh, matchup where they had a, a matchup um, on television and some games. Uh, so these tournaments, and so you're starting to see these matchups in tournaments uh, with mid-major programs, low-major programs starting to create their own uh, tournaments over the Thanksgiving weekend. So it's fascinating to see that going on. But, yeah, if this was broadcast and you have ESPN Plus, you have independent programs like BCSN that has the ability to stream matchups. So there's a lot way to get access out there to streaming these matchups, even if they're at home whether you're doing it on your own platform or you want to bring in a broadcast to maybe widen the net uh, to your point. Let me give you one last example where I think taking the next level, because this kind of happened organically, naturally, because of the person involved. But you can create, from a marketing perspective, you can create some of this buzz yourself. Now, obviously, it's going to be difficult to get the buzz you get here, but Alabama State basketball featured uh, Bronny James in Montgomery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 7,500. It was a sellout. It was just on ESPN Plus, but the Don Oliver Acadone was packed uh, with tickets sold out, as we see in some of the football games that we announced this past two years. Uh, hard sellouts in regards to the interest. Um, every seat in the building, all 7,500 were sold out. A rarity for the Hornets, men's or women's game. Said longtime Alabama State spokesperson. Travis Jerome, shout out to Jerome, end quote. In the seven years I've been here, there hasn't been a non-conference game here that has been a sellout, end quote. Jerome told HBCU Sports about the magnitude of the game. I think it's about Bronny James and USC coming to town. has a little bit to do with it because it is a rare that a Power 5 team has visited Montgomery, end quote. The matchup is part of the second year that the Pac-12 schools have committed to non-conference games at SWAC schools. As part of the Legacy Series, Tuesday will also mark the third game. Bronny James, the son of NBA legend LeBron James, has played since being medically clear after suffering cardiac arrest in offseason. The heightened attention of the game from the presence of national media only enhanced the Alabama State profile to a wider audience. We talked about it on here. We had other of our BCS networks talk about it, but HBCU Game Day did a great, great job of putting it out to HBCU Sports. So even your HBCU media sources, which are becoming bigger in terms of the footprint of market. So we need to make sure that we're using these platforms that have gained in the brand leverage with folks that are HBCU fans and outside of that, 
because now you can use these unique partnerships to brand events, a MEAC SWAC basketball challenge. We had Commissioner Steele's on these steals on uh, during the weekend of silver. And she talked about the fact that she could see that coming and she liked the idea. Mm-hmm. Tuesday will also mark the third game Bronny James has said played. Uh, the heightened attention of the game from the presence of national media only enhanced the Alabama State profile to a wider audience. Quote, the city of Montgomery has really supported it and brought tickets, end quote, Jerome said. Quote, not only is there going to be a buzz inside the arena, but there are going to be thousands of even millions of people watching at home. That's something that John Grant always talked about, mm-hmm. making sure we move past just attendance at the game but understanding the magnitude of what television does, streaming or over the air and doing what's necessary to brand outside of it. It's a different feeling when you have a team like USC coming in and the house is going to be packed. Sometimes you have a feeling, sometimes special is going on. Something special is going to happen tonight. Again, as we transition to January, where we get in conference play, you know, whether it's Thanksgiving weekend where a lot of folks like to, have the fan with the family, but then they like to kind of go out. What about HBCUs creating events that are specialized outside of uh, football, whether it's the Turkey Day Classic and Bayou Classic about doing game events or Christmas time is another time to take advantage of it, getting off the road, giving your team some home access before you do it. Norfolk State coming in with eight wins, five Division One wins in terms of yeah. – out there. Imagine bringing them in to Texas Southern for a matchup in Houston. Mm-hmm. Or bringing them in to Jackson, a team with four Division One wins, including two in the Chris Ball Classic. Imagine them coming in there. Tennessee State playing Jackson State at home to rejuvenate that rival which was once on the football field, moving it to the basketball side. What about some of these matchups? Jackson State on the women's side in terms of what they're doing. Those two teams were top 25 in the mid-major versus Norfolk State women having a head-to-head matchup coming so off let, of them teams. Let me ask this question. What what must be done, uh, especially with regards to helping the HBCU fan transition from football season into basketball season a little earlier than January? I, I think this is the perfect way to do it because the natural inclination of fans are to – uh, have an understanding and the fervor for their team. And so you create a natural synergy, MEAC swag matchup, or transition something that is a natural interest of fans. As I said, Tennessee State against Jackson State, that's a natural synergy for fans uh, of those two bases to get with it. You know, uh, a South Carolina State, Jackson State type matchup. It's going to start and germinate slower than what you would think, but there's some things you can do to heighten and speed up. But you do this. Thanksgiving to kick off basketball, or you do it in Christmas uh, to book in that, and you do it right before you get into uh, conference play. I think you can do a lot to leverage it to help pull fans in earlier. Because the thing is, right now, in a lot of ways, we're not necessarily pulling fans in to the midway point of basketball season, I believe. And a lot of yeah. that is because of the records of the team. This also would help with some of those in terms of the records, which means even if you back the interest off, not necessarily for these games, but at the beginning of the basketball season, you're still doing yourself a heck of a service in terms of what that looks like. So, again, I just think this is an opportunity to think a little different, uh, which a lot of our commissioners, ADs, are doing. And so this is another one that they can consider about how do you market your basketball programs even more 
and what they're trying to do already. So I hope that that makes a little sense. Great question. I appreciate you uh, getting in that great dialogue with me. But wanted to give some updates. Uh, let other folks let me know our listeners what they think about these basketball matchups, what they think about MIAC SWAC records and the MIAC overall against HBC Division One uh, getting uh, those five wins and the SWAC getting six on the men's side. With that, we'll be back after this next break, and it's time to name a champion. We'll do the mid-major marching sport uh, right after this in terms of what that looks like. Let's get into our next break. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. I know, struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Mills, inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Let's get into our poll rankings. As you know, mid-major division, no changes here, but uh, we're going to unveil it officially here. Number seven, Albany State Golden Rams, the marching show band, finished at three and one, uh, 100 points as they got it done. They had a great season as they continue to push forward. Let's get into number six. At number six, you have none other than the Virginia State Trojan Explosion, four and one, three and oh. Uh, they finished the season. Uh, they did take that loss, if you would. And as I agree with what took place in the a championship battle uh, this past weekend in Atlanta. So I agree with them. But they had a heck of a season, qualifying for it, finishing in the top six at number six, Virginia State Trojan Explosion. At number five, as we continue to move forward, Clark Atlanta, the mighty marching Panthers bands, 3-0 and as they got it done. Uh, the Panthers bands had a heck of a season, 2-0 and in the conference race, finishing in Dockerville's mid-major, Marching sport poll rankings at number five. Bringing us to number four in this mid-major poll rankings, the Langston Marching Pride. 3-0, Two points. They fell really well as they were looking at uh, getting into the matching band of the year, HBCU band of the year, but kind of had some problems in the late, but they got it done here with their matchups as they finished undefeated in our marching sport as the Marching Pride does what it does, 132 points at number four. Let's get into the top three in terms of the marching sport at number three, Benedict, marching Tiger Band of Distinction. 4-0 had a heck of a season, much like the football team, so they rounded into shape to get it done. 151 points, bringing out the funk in so many ways. At number two in 2023, Winston-Salem State, Red Sea of Sam. I'm sure 
Stephen Gaither would be proud. Uh, not that they didn't finish number one, but they were number two, five and one, five and zero. Oh. They were getting it done. That last month, uh, they finished at the top of the poll rankings, but it wasn't enough when they went into uh, the room and they did the smoke out and said, who were the final two? Winston-Salem State was not one of them, but they finished top two in Dr. Ville's poll at 162 points. At number one, uh, and claiming Dr. Ville's mid-major marching sport poll rankings is none other than Miles' purple marching machine. Gets it done. A lot of matchups. They were out there traveling, both to not just Division II programs, not just into Battle of the Bands, but also in terms of uh, FCS matchups, they got on the road. They got it done. Mm. Five and one, four and zero, oh, hundred sixty-four. They had five first-place votes. They are the champions, Doctor Bill's mid-major marching sport HBCU champions in twenty twenty-three. <laughs> this is the inaugural year we've done for the mid-majors. So shout out to Miles. Is historically they'll be known as Dr. Bill's mid-major champion in 2023, inaugural season. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of the mid-major? All right. Shout out to Miles. You know, we put a huge emphasis on getting out, uh, getting on the road, battling other bands. You know, uh, uh, we, we might not put as much emphasis on the technicality part of it, but if you get out there and you are engaging your crowd, you're engaging your football team, that matters to us. So uh, you appreciate Miles for the battles that they had during the course of the season of SIAC. And like you mentioned, even out of conference, uh, uh, the Miles band showed up and showed out. Uh, Alabama so, uh, State. They went Alabama to Alabama State, yeah. Went, went, went head-to-head with SWAT, with SWAT battle band. So, you know, you appreciate that. So uh, kudos to Miles in terms of what they were to get done, and they are. Dr. Cavill's national champion. Yes, at the mid-major level. Shout out to Miles getting it done, my boy. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be excited once he hears the news, some of the SIC fans out there. It'll be interesting to see. And as you said, I think it's important for folks that uh, has followed us off and on or will get this later, is we put a significant amount of our rankings based on matchups. Uh, when bands travel, uh, whether they're on the road or hosting a band, you actually get to pick a winner and a loser of that matchup. That's how we have the win-loss record. And based on those win-losses and how much you are competitive is how you make our top 10. Shout out to Florida Memorial. Uh, they had a great season. They won uh, the inaugural 2023 uh, Band of the Year. Uh, very good in terms of that sound, and I agree in terms of that matchup there that they certainly won it. But our particular man matchups talks about matchups and a challenge for them, which I do recognize they're in the bottom, as they say, in that part of the country. And so it is a little harder for them to travel. And there's not a lot of HBC matchups that they have a chance to participate because they also are in the IA program. I'm hearing some rumbling that they may be looking at Division II. Uh, And if that means a chance to get an SIC, uh, obviously much more matchups are probably likely just but from regionality, uh, that will happen. Maybe being able to get some of those matchups against SIA teams in Georgia. Obviously, they have their annual classic against Edward Waters, which is one uh, they get to participate in. And I will say they won that one. With that being said, let's get into our next break. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to give you the major division, and we'll see what that looks like. A lot of changes in there. 
Uh, we'll see if A&T finds a way up in there as they won the championship. We'll find out what the people's favorite is. I'm hearing out there, Jackson <laughs> State, where they landed. We'll give you uh, kudos to them and where they fell. They had a lot of matchups, so they certainly qualified for the major division marching sport uh, 2023 for Dr. Bills. So we'll see what that looks like on the other side. So stick with us as we give you some more inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, right here. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? If you press the analytic data with your hip hop, if you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who the ball, ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Charles Bishop. Let's get into the major division, uh, as Charles likes to say in the swag, those battle bands. We'll see where they come into the fold in terms of our top seven. Starting right off, you have none other than Texas Southern the Ocean of Soul. They finished three and two, two and three. They got in the mix. Just outside was Prairie View. They made a lace push, not only in the battle uh, band of the year awards. They finished there. They also made us push here as they got into that SWAC championship game, uh, but they took a tough loss, close loss uh, to FAMU. With that being said, Texas Southern Ocean Soul finished at 3-2, and 2-2. Two, two and two. They got the win over Prairie View. That's probably mm. pushed them into that top seven. 142 mm. points finished the season at seven. They are in the mix. At number six, as we continue to see, you have Alabama State, the mighty marching uh, Hornets, continue to get it done. Four and two, three and two, 145 points, 75 as they get it done uh, all the time moving in there. They have some crucial band matchups. FAMU, Jackson State, Alabama A&M, legendary matchups. This year they had a chance to battle Southern, the human jukebox, and they held their own. They get it done. They usually get an upset of the year. If they could pull one more, they'd be fighting for a championship uh, without a doubt. But they are squarely in the top seven. Every year since we've done the poll at the major division, this is our third edition of this. Let's get into number five as the magic continues to backslide. Mississippi Valley. 
The Mean Green Marching Machine is back in the band business. Four and one, one and 157 points. Previous rank four, they do fall a slot, but you're talking about a great season. Uh, is this is the first season that they jumped in the top five. Uh, they certainly first season that they finished in the top seven. So significant in terms of where the Mean Green Marching Machine is headed. Kudos for what they did. Expanded the numbers in the band, and it showed. And they traveled. They got on the road. They got their natural matchups that they have against Jackson State, Marquette State, but they had a couple of more. Uh, obviously, those battles in Circle City, uh, those classics helped to give them an edge, but they held their own and got it done. They're at number five. Let's get into number four to see who jumps in there since they fall. Who is number four? Florida A&M, the marching 100, 5-1, 2-1, late push. All those matchups they had in terms of bonus games, if you would, getting mm. into the SWAC championship game helped them with matchups. Yeah. Uh, 3-1, actually 4-1 because they got the win over Howard in the Cricket Celebration Bowl. So another yeah. bonus matchup because they were a late flurry in terms mm. of what they were able to do getting their top seven. They were outside of this for much of the year, and much of that was just because they didn't have the matchups. But when your football team plays well and qualifies for championship game, fans gonna show up. You get the exposure in yeah. the cricket celebration. You get that extra exposure. You get those extra matchups. You qualify and look at this. You show up. You show out, and you jump in the top four. As you saw them increase over the last three weeks, itching their way up, they move all the way from six to finish the season at number four, bringing us to number three. These magic marching. Programs Uh-oh. up here. This is where it gets good. The top seven, the human two <laughs> box finishes at three, six, and two, four and two. They kept a couple of losses. They had a down year, a lot of ways in terms of their estimation, but they still got it done. They did have a Bayou Classic victory, which was solid, 188 points, but they had some major upsets, including tough losses at home. Mm. Programs that got it done. So we'll see if they kind of bounce back next year. I know they were frustrated in a lot of ways in terms of the band of the year. Didn't necessarily go their way. They had some questions about that. But on our side, it was simply about matchups and who took the wins and losses. I know there are huge human jukebox fans out there. They were concerned because, remember, they were ranked low because they didn't have a lot of matchups. You didn't have the FAMU matchup. That hurt them. wasn't their problem. Mm. But they had that Prairie View matchup. They had the Bayou Classic matchup late. So they got going, and they – Jump up to number three, previous range six in terms of the matchup as they continue to get it done. Big time, big time, Victor, uh, end of the season. Top three, um, not quite where they like to be. Remember, first year, they won it all. And they've been lagging ever since then. Bringing us to number two. Who is number two on the list? Jackson State, which was our 2022 victim, victory of Dr. Bill's major division marching sports. The Sonic Boomer South, Charles told you that this is one of the best years he's seen for them. They finished strong 6-1, 5-0. Um, I actually had them winning. Um, so they jumped to 71 over North Carolina A&T. Obviously, the way that I look at it is different than those voting. And so not a lot of accolades there, but I did have them winning that matchup. But they finished at number two, stay at number two with three first-place votes. So number one, hold on to it, getting it done. Uh, none other than Norfolk State, the Spartan Legions, who finished undefeated on the season, 7-0, 3-0, a lot of victories. 
seven first place votes, 206. They had the one matchup early in the season where they had an HBCU team. They had the matchup against Tennessee State mm. on the road, homecoming, which was solid victory. So they had some big wins. Credit to the MIAC. Uh, they had a lot more conference matchups where the band got on the road. Remember, we've been talking about that, Charles, for the day. Yeah. They don't yeah. often, and people talk about that in terms of SWAC being, uh, you know, in there and making sure they get their matchups. Uh, MIAC did a lot more, and it certainly helped Norfolk State because uh, they got it done. So they finished number one, 2023. So in 2021, it was Southern Human Jukebox. 2022, it was Jackson State, Sonic Boom in the South. And the Legion gets it done in 2023 for the marching sport. The first time somebody outside of the SWAT, somebody mm. outside of the Brimble, top three, four, if you would, gets it done and is a Spartan Legion. <laughs> no, they did not qualify for the band of the year. That's not my fault. They had the matchups. You've seen seven of them. They went undefeated. A&T didn't have all those matchups. They got to figure something else out. Or maybe they just like what they're doing. They'll show out. They'll play the music. And get it done, and they'll take the check with the band of the year, and they'll be like, Thank you, no thanks to Dr. Kavita. <laughs> it is what it is. I feel it. It is. But, Charles, it's your yeah. time. You it set my phone. You set my phone a buzzing uh, with Norfolk State uh, winning the band of the year, uh, Dr. Kavita's national championship. Uh, I will say, tremendous band, Norfolk State. I've enjoyed watching them this past season. Uh, this 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 boom version this year. This was this was a dominant sonic boom of the South in terms of uh, uh, matchups. We talk about battle bands getting on the road. Um, we talk about even a battle of the bands uh, away from the game with, with some yeah independent uh, yeah. yeah independent uh, very dominant fifth quarter zero quarters. Um, it, it, it's that this is going to be one of those sonic boom that uh, they're going to have a point to prove next year because I, I think this was a fun year watching them this past year, uh, just in what they were able to do from a musicality standpoint. And I've said this, you know, it, it styles make fights, and you know the sonic boom style fits the criteria I think for what we're looking for with regards to the head to head competition. Uh, a lot of the bands that we see in the sweat, we, we want to see that head-to-head -head competition, uh, not just on the field, but also, you know, a lot of the critiquing comes from the zero and fifth quarter. Uh, and this is where these bands really stand out. And this is where the Sonic Boom really stands out for me this past year. They had uh, two or three selections that I was literally in awe of them uh, with regards to what they were uh, able to play. So uh, to the victory, go to sports, Norfolk State, Spartan Legion. Man, we I would have loved to see a Spartan <laughs> Legion against the Sonic Boom of the South matchup. Um, that would have settled it on the field if you would have yeah. got that. But to yeah. start all things next year, think about this: Me Swag Challenge, Norfolk State versus FAMU. So got to get that. That's a good one. <laughs> got to see that one. I thought that would catch you. Yeah, <laughs> followed you a little bit. Give me some early thoughts, Charles, in terms of that particular matchup, uh, the uniqueness of it, uh, and how you like to talk about not just the musicality, styles make fights. That's an old MIAC matchup. Now it comes back in the MIAC Swag Challenge. Uh, fam, you obviously closed things down. 
made a run at it, top four. That's a top four uh, matchup for us in terms of the final poll rankings as we do. Uh, so that's going to be fascinating on that side. Uh, both programs uh, felt like they were left out of the band of the year. Uh, yeah. You saw uh, what FAMU did in terms of their halftime show. Uh, they actually had the Spider-Man out there. Uh, yeah. Talking about giving my damn trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they were. I couldn't tell if they were talking about the Celebration Bowl trophy yeah. or were they talking about the Band of the Year trophy. And I think, I think purposely they kind of left it ambiguous so people could think what which one they wanted to. I think sure. they did a lot of that on purpose. To let sure, great artists, artists do that at times to kind of allow you to be the person that decides how you want to interpret what they were trying to say. Uh, and, and let me say this, and, and this is what I noticed at the Celebration Bowl. You know I'm big on the band being the 12th man uh, for the football team, and it's fan engagement. And I was able to see that uh, this past uh, SWAC championship, as well as the Celebration Bowl with 100, engaged their fan base when that momentum started shifting into fan use uh, 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 to their sideline. And it, it enhances the experience in terms of the synergy between the fans, the bands, and the football team. You can feel that. That is that is a palpable something that happens. And, you know, everybody picks up energy. And you saw what kind of happened. But, you know, the football team kind of picked it up on the field. But uh, there, there is a something to that. I love to see that synergy between fan base, band, and how it shifts uh, to kind of get the football team up and going. So you have some of your natural matchups next year coming into it. Obviously, you have Labor Day Classics, which uh, feature uh, Virginia State that was in the finals for the band of the year. And they'll go up to Norfolk State, our 2023 champions, uh, the marching sport. Uh, you also have your Labor Day Classic with Texas Southern Prairie View matchup. Uh, this is the first one I've had uh, Texas Southern winning in a couple of years. So you got that rematch. I also had Grambling beating Prairie View in the State Fair Classic. So that's going to be interesting to see uh, that rematch as Grambling continue to push forward. Obviously, the Bayou Classic, Magic City Classic, Florida Classic. Uh, you have Boom. some folks coming back. Uh, then you have, I was yeah. just going to say, yeah, the Boombox, the natural one that's coming there uh, with Southern and Jackson. That's always there. And then you have the in-state battle in Mississippi, Alcorn State, uh, when you talk about those matchups. I want to ask you about this one in particular, though. This year is my understanding that you have Jackson State and FAMU that will not be in the minor. That will be a home yeah. game, right? Yeah. It will be in Jackson, my yeah. understanding. It will be probably later in the year is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. It won't be early September, may not even October. It might be pushed to November. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about, a late October, early November matchup? Uh, between the marching 100 and Sonic Boom in the South in Jackson, Mississippi. When you talk about the success of the football teams over the past three years, and you talk about both both of these bands are brand names, and you start to get that later on in the football season, that could be magical. Uh, and it's it's what drives fan interest, the anticipation of these brands getting to uh, not just football, but the bands as well. I'm, uh, you know, that, that, that has the potential to be special. You also have uh, FAMU and Alabama state. That's been a magical game on the field. Mm -hmm. It's been a magical game between the zero quarter, the fifth quarter and halftime mm -hmm. between that matchup. That's another one to keep your eyes on, which you know, both fans travel to 
obviously it's going to be interesting to see FAMU and Southern. Will Southern take on the road and go to FAMU? Mm-hmm. Um, this year, FAMU didn't go to them, but that kind of started the iteration over. Are they going to take it on the chin and not go? Or are they going to go down there and see what that looks like to get that yeah, return? Because yeah. previous year, Southern did not go down there. Right. Uh, they had a prior engagement. Do they start it back up? Yeah, they got to move beyond the pettiness and then make sure that they uh, get get these matchups because people want to see them. Perfectly said. I'll leave it right there and park it. Great point. People want mm-hmm. to see it. Mm-hmm. Give the people what they want. Give Thank the people you for what they want. Thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Nyadika with the Dean of HBC Sports. Come from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. I hope you enjoyed what we continue to do as we close out the football season officially. We will give you some thoughts as we do our Labor Day. I mean, our New Year's Day show, kind of close out the year and look at what were the big moments. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll go back some, go to the spring sports as we start to turn the clock and get ready on our winter sports and then get into the spring sports. It's going to be fascinating to see what it talks about. We kicked it off, if you would, gave you a slam dunk, gave you some basketball talk to think about, gave you a little bit of even baseball to get you prepared and ready for that. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bills Inside the HBC Sports Lab. With Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. We've closed out the chapter on Sunday as we close the football season. We'll see if we sneak one in for the end of the year, maybe just a little magic. We'll let you know what that looks like if the fans want it. We'll see if we can give it to you. Let us know in the uh, section below. Uh, follow me, Dr. Nyadakaville, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. Want to shout out to all the lab listeners. Appreciate all your support, what you do for us. Great job. Hope you're going to enjoy your holiday break. Certainly have a Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa for all those out there. We want to, we will talk with you soon. Charles? Horse. Roy? Lecture. Dismissed.